precious Talmidim. The real honor is that I have this chus to come and speak to you to see the future of Klal Yisrael, future Talmidei Chachonim, future Tzadikim, future Er Lecheidim, the hope of Klal Yisrael in the Osid. We are just a little bit over a week past the Yontib of Shavuos, of Kabbalah Satoyrim, You've ever heard of Zritcha Magid, one of the great Talmudim, the greatest Talmud of the Balshemtiv. And in his younger years he was a Malamud, he used to teach children. And after Shvuas he called over each boy and he asked, Tell me, do you remember Kabbalah Satoir? Do you remember the thunder and lightning? Do you remember hearing the Koil Hashem saying, And boys would answer, I know what happened, I don't remember. And he would say, Do you remember the Koil Shoifer? Do you remember the 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 parachah uh, mishmas would go on and on until each one would actually be able to remember kabbalah satayr, because kabbalah satayr is in our neshamas. It's always there. We were all there every neshama, and he was able to be more that they should actually remember it. Now today we don't have that ability to remember that we were at kabbalah satayr, although we certainly all were, and deep inside it's there. We don't have someone like the Mazritcha Magid to remind us. But the truth is, we don't need to be reminded. We can all see Kabbalah Satayr. We can all see the thunder and lightning. We can all see the Koil HaShoifar. Just by looking around this room. Why are we here? Over three and a half thousand years ago, it was an entire world. There were many kingdoms. There were many religions, there were many philosophies, there were many forms of wisdom. Not one of them still exists. They're all considered a joke. No one takes anything seriously that they thought or they believed or that they fought for three and a half thousand years ago. It's looked at as primitive stupidity. There's nothing that still exists from them. Except for one thing. The Torah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us at Har Sinai. That is alive, right here in this room. We're sitting here and trying to understand Torah Hashem. There's an entire nation who lives every single day trying to unravel and trying to understand at a deeper level what Hashem spoke to us on that extraordinary, exalted, unforgettable day when everything in the universe stopped. As Chazal tells us, even a bird wouldn't chirp and a horse wouldn't bray and the ocean stopped even flowing when Hashem spoke to Klal Yisrael and spoke to the world. And that still exists. That's still alive today. So of course we can still see Har Sinai. We see the results of it right in front of our eyes. And that the Torah is still with us. And the Torah that you're going to be learning today is still here. <coughs> Didn't come easily. We can't take that for granted. A lot of mysterious nefesh. Not once. Not a thousand times. Millions of times. We went into fire. Rivers of blood flowed. So that this Torah should still be with us. That we should still live it and breathe it. 
What kept us? Why did we hold on to this? When no one else held on to anything that they heard or believed then, not just holding on to it, ready to sacrifice our lives again and again for it. The answer is, the explained, because we once, we once experienced Kabbalah Satoyro, as the Pasik says, Yishokeni Minishiko Ispiu, when Hashem spoke to us, like Hashem gave each one of us a kiss. And from then on, we are a nation that is possessed. We cannot think of anything else. The Medjah says, we begged again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, kiss us once again, speak us to us once again. If you can't, you won't survive it. You won't live it. So we don't care. We just need to feel your closeness one more time. And from that moment on, we became a nation, a choylas ahava. We're a lovesick nation. We just want HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're in this world like everybody else, but differently. Everybody occupies the world and they're going and they're busy and they're trying to get ahead. Another notch, another accomplishment. And we walk through the same streets and the same shvokim and the same rechoibos. But we're looking for something else. And what are we looking for? We walk around. We see, in Timsu Esdoidi, have you seen my beloved? Have you seen the Rabbi Shalom? Ma tagidiloi, watch me tell him, tell him shechoilas ahavoni. Where is he? I want to be close to him again. Maybe we don't feel it consciously. But our souls feel it. We're not aware of it. <clears throat> but it's there. And that's what's driving us. And that's what kept us holding on with such tenacity. And why the Torah still exists here today. Because that experience that happened at our Sinai was so seared into our souls, into our neshamas, we're just a different people. There's a whole world of billions of people who don't understand this. And there's one Klal Yisrael, we have the schus to thank Hashem every morning. Thank you Hashem for choosing us. Thank you for putting your holiness into every one of us. So that nothing else can ever satisfy us except being close to you. And about 20 years ago, I spent a Shabbos in Russia. It was Ukraine. It was one of those cities. There was a yeshiva there, a small city that they had put together for Russian Bokhrim. And it was a trip. We went with Sabachim from our yeshiva. They had won a prize. They took a fahir over three years of learning. And the prize was to come along on this trip. And went to Kivret Sadikim. We spent a Shabbos. It was a very extraordinary Shabbos. So boys who were just recently introduced to Torah, <coughs> learning and davening, very beautiful. There was a fellow there, an old man, his name was Sasha. And Sasha was a very learned person, brilliant man. Actually, in the days of the communist regime, he worked for the communist government. He knew 12 languages. Brilliant fellow. He loved to learn. He was the most learned person there. And we were sitting, he was learning Erevin then. Oxgold, the mother, learning Erevin. And anybody who had any questions, you would ask Sasha. He knew, you know, not very many Talmud Chachamim, he knew the halachas, he was able to answer the questions. Now, this was after davening, we sat down to have the Suda. So many people in the town, they had come to be at the Suda. And, but then they all went home, and Sasha stayed with us for Kiddush. 
And I asked somebody, doesn't, doesn't he have a family? Doesn't he go home? He says, he has a family. But he's only going home after Kiddush. I said, why? Because he can't make Kiddush. I said, why not? The Pesasha is not Jewish. He's <laughs> not Jewish. Well, his family, he's married to a Jewish woman, and, and their children are Jewish, and he can't make Kiddush for them. So he only goes home after they make Kiddush. But he loves Yiddishkeit. He loves Torah. He loves to learn. He knows Jewish history. He knows everything. So I said, so why isn't he Megayah? Why doesn't he just convert and become a Yid? He said he wants to. He really wants to. Says, but he can't. He says, why can't he? He's terrified of bris milah. He's afraid to undergo the bris. He can't bring in, so he doesn't have the courage to do it. And so though he loves Yiddishkeit, and he loves the Torah, and he learned through big pieces of Shas already, he can't become a he, he, he can't be Megayah. Now, there was another boy... <coughs> In the same place, and many of them were like this, who went through bris milah, they were 10 or 11 or 12. Someone told me a story there about a boy who traveled by train 13, 14 hours from where he was to go to a place where there's a mile, an 11-year-old boy, to be able to have a bris milah. Now, it's a very painful operation at that age, and so they had to have an anesthesiologist Someone to give him a little bit of local anesthesia that he shouldn't feel the pain. And it came out that he traveled all this distance, and the anesthesiologist somehow didn't make it. So we can't make your bris today without, uh, you're not going to be able to take the pain. So no, I came all this way. I want to have a bris meal. I don't want to be another day without a bris meal. He said, but what are you going to do? He says, look, last summer I was in a summer camp, and they taught us a nigger. I don't know if you ever heard the nigan, it's in Yiddish. Oh, it says, good tzizai na'id. Oh, it says, good tzizai. It's nigan, it's so good to be a yid. And they taught us this nigan, we would sing it. And these boys knew some Yiddish because they spoke Yiddish, their grandparents. So, I'll have the brismila. We should all stand around and we'll all together sing this song. And I think that will get me through the surgery, the operation. And so they did. They brought the moil, and they had the people standing around. They were singing, Oyes is good, Sazai Naid. And with tears flowing down his cheeks, the boy was singing, Oyes is good, Sazai Naid. And he had the bris milah, and he came into, it was Nichnas, the Brisa Shalavrom Avinu. So I want to understand. Here you have a man named Sasha, who's learned and knows all about Yiddishkeit. But he's terrified of a bris milah. And here's a boy who knows nothing. Who wasn't taught anything about being a yid. Didn't know about Avraham Avinu, didn't know about Moshe Rabbeinu. And yet he's ready to undergo such severe pain. How come he has a bravery and a courage that this man didn't have? And the answer is, because his neshama stood at Hasina by Kabbalah Satayra, and Sasha's didn't. And if Sasha would have been destined to become a Ger, his neshama would have been at Hasina because the neshama of all the Gerim was at Hasina, but he wasn't. So there's no way in the world he could ever have done it. But this boy who experienced once the Shekinim in the Shikos Piyu, he was able, he was able to makabal upon himself and say, I want to be a Yid and nothing is going to stop me because he's drawn to that fire. And every one of us stood at Har Sinai and heard HaKadosh Baruch Hu talk to us. And in our hearts and in our souls, whether we're aware of it or not, 
We just want to be dovuk in the Rabbi Nishalayla. Yet we know that after Kabbalah Satoyer, the great tragedy happened. Forty days later, we were dancing around an eagle, an eagle Hazov. And Akadosh Baruch Hu was so angry at us, he wanted to destroy us. Until Moshe Rabbeinu got, he said, Lomo, Yecher Hashem, Apcho Ba'amecho, Lomo, Yecher Ba'amecho, Sh'etzei Sam Yeretz Mitzrayim, B'Koyach Godel B'Yot Chazoka. And he begged and he pleaded and he said, Rabbeinu Shlalim, Do not forgive Skal Yisraelim. I am Mechayni No Misifrach Hashem Kasof. Erase my name from the Torah. You have to. You have to. You have to forgive them. You have to forgive Skal Yisraelim. How did such a thing happen? How did we fall? And I want to ask another question. So Skal Yisraelim did such a terrible thing. After Kabbalah Satur, they saw such revelation, such giluyim. They go and they worship an eagle. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, What are you so angry about? Don't be angry. What are you so angry about? How can you not be angry? And you're telling him, you took them out of Mitzrayim, that makes it even worse than Meshach asked. After all you did for them, they go and they worship an eagle. That's the response. Why are you angry? Why would we makabal the Torah when no other nation would? Dumas Oilam all asked, Mike Sidbe, what does it say in the Torah? Ah, we can't accept Loisir itself, we can't accept Loisir. You all know the Chazal, the Gemara tells us the story. The Shemishmuel says something extraordinary. If you read the Parsha in Yisrael, it says, when they came to Har Sinai, they came to Midbar Sinai. And the next passage says, Vayisu may refidim vayavoyu midbarsina. They left refidim, they came to midbarsina, which is out of order, because you already said they arrived in midbarsina. Why are you going back and saying where they left? You should have said that first. The Acham HaKadosh asked this kasha. Different terutz, Nisham Yishmuel says an unbelievable terutz. He says, when they had to go to Harsina, they felt we're so unworthy. We're not on the level yet. We're not prepared to hear the Rabbi Nishalayim. And they were meish, they were despairing. Hashem is going to talk to us, how could that be? So they had to, first in their minds, be able to imagine themselves already in a place of Kabbalah Satoyra. To think that even though now I'm so far, but that I could be there. And so by myself, means they had the vision in their mind's eye, in their heart, they were able to imagine themselves, yes, we are the nation of Kabbalah Satayr, and this gave them the ability to lift themselves up and to do so. And after it was, in their hearts, in their minds, they were able to do, and this means that we really, what we accomplished at Harsinai was, that we were able to see ourselves differently then when we looked at ourselves, we said, I, I, have, I have no shaykhs to Har Sinai. And she said, I do. To be able to see what I'll look like when I receive the Torah. Do Masoyim weren't able to do that. They said, says Lesirtsov, Lesignoiv, I can't be like that. But if you would accept the Torah, you'd be able to be like that. But I can't imagine myself 
being like that. And you know, when Hashem offered the Torah to the nations, He didn't just go to Johnny on the street. He went to the Sar. Every nation has a Malach. He says, we take the Torah. So a Malach knows what the Torah can do. A Malach knows that when you accept the Torah, you change. But even a Malach is unable to imagine himself different than what he is right now. Only a man, only a human being can do that. A person who knows, goes through Aliyah and Yeridah, he knows. Klal Yisrael was able to say, I may not be that now, but I know who I could be. And with that vision, they were able to become. Here the tells of Shishiva, the boy who came from Norfolk, Virginia, say, out in the stick somewhere in America, he left in that, it was the 1920s. He went to Tells in Europe to learn. And he had in his room, in his bedroom, he had pictures hanging of Gidolim on the wall. And he had one frame with no picture in it. He said, what's that? He said, that's going to be for my picture. One day my picture will be there. And he was able to imagine himself one day as a great Hamad Chochem, a great Sadiq, as a great El so all that we really did at Kabbalah Satoyah was we had, what he said, Nasa Vinish means that we believed, we believed that we belong with the Rabbi Shalom. Even though we looked at ourselves and didn't see it, we said, maybe that's right now. But if HaKadosh Baruch who tells us the Torah is for us, that doesn't just mean the Torah, it means that we are for the Torah. That we are a good match for the Torah. And so by the Chet Egel, what happened? They lost that feeling. They said, as the Ramban says, we need a mamutza. We can't be directly connected to the Rabbi Shalom. We need something, an intermediary. And they didn't see themselves as one with the Torah, as one with Hashem. And so they tumbled. And they danced around in Avodah because they stopped believing in who they are and who they can be. You know what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying when he said, Why are you so angry? I don't know if you ever heard, he lived in London. Years ago, there was a very big tzaddik called the Shotzer Rebbe. Anybody ever heard of the Shotzer Rebbe? One of the greatest gedolim who ever lived in England. In the 1950s, there was a big guy and also there was a yeshiva. You've surely heard of Schneider's yeshiva, the Moshe Schneider's at Tzadik Yavrocha had a yeshiva. Many of the great Talmud in England came from there. And he used to, the Shotzer Rebbe used to like to go and visit the, the Bachrim. They would walk him home, they would talk and learning. He would ask them questions. And one day he asked a question. I want you to hear the question he asked the Bachrim. I don't know if you know that there are, you must have heard that there are four levels of existence. They're called Doimem, Tsemeach, Chai, Umadabim. There's an inanimate object. Then there's a piece of wood. There's a Tsemeach, that's called the Doimem. There's a Tsemeach, something that grows, a flower, a tree that has life in it. It grows, but it can't move. There's a chai that has life, an animal, life, it's not a tree. And then there's a person who's a madaba. He's the highest level. Now if you look in doimeim, there are vast differences in size. You could have a tiny pebble, you could have a mountain, Mount Everest. One could be a hundred million times bigger than the other. They're both doimeim, both on the same level. You could have a tzemeach, you could have a tiny flower that you could barely see. You could have a tree. You know, in America, there's redwood trees. There are trees in California that are so big, they're thousands of years old, 
that the highway has to be built through the tree. They cut a hole in the tree, and four lanes go through. You drive through it. The size of this company it's, it's so huge. They're both the same level. They're both the same. Maya. This is so massive. 100 million times bigger. You have, in Chai, you could have a, a tiny mosquito or a tiny bug or a mite. You need a microscope to see. It's a live being. It's a live animal. And you could have an elephant or a Leviosa. And they're in the same level, and yet the difference in size is so vast and so enormous. How come in Medaber, in humans, everybody's basically the same size? Okay, you can have somebody who's six feet tall, seven feet tall, somebody small. But basically, everybody is the same size. There's no, no, nobody's 100 million times bigger than the next person. Why is it that only in Medaber we see everything is basically the same? We don't see any big differences. And nobody could answer the question. He said, I'll answer. The reason we think there's no difference in the size, because we think a person is his goof, is his body. That's not who the person is. The person is his neshama. And the neshama truly can be that one person could be a hundred million times bigger than the person sitting next to him. Because a person has so much potential, he can grow so much, he can become so big. And just like there's such a difference in Doimem, in Sameach, and Chai, so too there is in Medaber. There has to be. A person can accomplish so, so much. Imagine. Imagine. Coming to Yeshiva, Yibachmer, the Masifta Bachrim, they give you a Chavrusa, first day, Tav Chazara, and you're learning, let's say, a Toysfus. And Toysfus mentions a Gemara in a different Masechta. And your Chavrusa says, Oh, I know that Gemara. And he rattles off the whole Gemara, a different Masechta. Wow, that's impressive. How do you know that? How? He got to a next Toysfus. Every time they mention a Gemara, this Chavrusa of yours, he knows it by heart. He said, Then tell me, you know Shas? You know Shas Balpeh? So, of course I know Shas Balpeh. He says, when did you learn it? Well, I was 11 years old. I finished Shas Balpet. What? This guy's a genius. So you go to the next boy. You're a new boy in Yeshiva. You never hear before. And you go and says, you know, I had this Chavrusa. He says, you finished Shas. He was 11, 12 years old. I said, yes, of course he did. Well, I did too. I said, what? You did too? You go to the next guy. He says, until you find out that every boy in Yeshiva finished Shas and knows it Balpet. Except for you. You're the only one who didn't. How long would it take you to know Shas Balpeh? Not very long. It'd take you a few years, but you'd sit there and you wouldn't give up for a second. Because you would see. That's what it means. We are capable of so much. If we could just imagine ourselves being there. Most of us don't even begin to believe in our potential. We have fears. We have insecurities. You know, if I had a vacuum cleaner, then go around to every boy and vacuum out all of his fears and all of his insecurities and all of his svekas about himself, you'd all know Shas Palpeh. There's no such vacuum cleaner. That's the problem. At Kabbalah Satoyer, we all knew it. We all knew it. You know what Maishra Rabbeinu was saying to the Rabbeinu Shiloh? You know, 
we were in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, the word Mitzrayim means gvul, <coughs> means meitzorim, boundaries, limitations. We left Mitzrayim, we became a nation of endless potential. Endless potential. Mashabain is saying, look, you're angry about the eagle, but let's not, why are you angry? Do you know who you're talking about? You're talking about a nation you took out of Mitzrayim. You're talking about a people who can, who can save the world. Talk about a nation who, 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 who can bring Mashiach. How does Cheta Eagle compare to the potential of one Bokhar? Doesn't mean Chasham taken Avera lightly, but to take your potential, what you could be, to understand that we can be hundreds of millions of times bigger. And I want to tell you something else bigness being it doesn't mean being famous or having your name in the paper, it means being oimid. In your nisyonus, it means being a person who lives and faces his challenges, and sometimes no one knows about it. People have private struggles they have to overcome. There are bachrim who entire cities are standing in their merit. Nobody knows, but Hashem knows. People go through difficulties sometimes at home; they're struggling with different nisyonus, and they're persevering. That's greatness. That's greatness. And Hashem said, you're going to destroy such a nation for a cheto Let's put this into perspective. Who are we speaking about? We're talking about a nation. Asher so. The real lesson of Kabbalah Satayim. And the real key to our Hatzlocha, in Torah, in Avoida, in life, is to believe and to know that we are the nation of Hashem and to believe that we have the power and we have the ability to do it. And the Eight Sahara's whole strategy, you know, the Chavetz Chaim already said 80, 90 years ago, we're in Iqs of the Mashiach just about just before Mashiach and it says that before Mashiach there's going to be tremendous Nesiyonis because the Yetzirah has time he says yeah let Klaiso grow, grow, grow don't worry at the end I'll come and I'll bring such Nesiyonis I'll destroy everything that you've built and when we understand what he's trying to do we can fight back and we can because we are stronger than him sure you've all been, heard many times about the great Nisayan of technology that there is today. What is the real Nisayan? The real Nisayan of it is that it's trying to take us away from believing in what we can be. It's trying to convince us that we are not connected to the Rabbanjim. It's trying to convince us that we are not the Am Hashem, that we are not the Mamlechas Koyen and the Goy Kodosh. And that's the biggest danger of it. Now the Goyen says, it says about Esau, Ish Yedei Atzayid Ish Sodeh. 
He was a hunter. He knew what to capture. He was a man of the fields. He brings the things to Medrash. There's a mission that talks about a certain creature called an Ish Soda. Maybe you've learned about it. There's a certain creature who looked like a man. And he was connected by a cord, an umbilical cord, from his stomach to the ground. It was a wild creature. This is known as the Yudaini. And this Yudaini in the parish of Oiva Yudaini were able to take a bone from it and be able to tell the future. And it was impossible to capture this creature alive. Because if anybody got close, he was so wild, he would tear him apart. The only way you can capture it was dead. You had to shoot from a distance with an arrow, shoot into the cord that connected it to the ground. And... You were able to kill it, but you couldn't take it alive. There was one person who was able to capture the Ish Soda alive. It was Esau. The going says, Ish Yodea Tzayid Ish Soda. He knew how to capture this Ish Soda. How did he do it? You all know that he had the clothing of Nimrod. Big day Esau HaChamudos. The Medrash says, what was, what was this clothing? What was it? So it was made out of the skin of the Nochash HaKadmoini, the original Nochash who got Chabatid from the Eitz Hadas. And on this skin, the clothing of Esau, it was the image of every creature in the world. And the Rishonim say you just had to touch it, you know, <laughs> to touch the screen. And at that moment, that creature would appear, want a lion, just a lion, a lion showed up, and the lion would subjugate itself would lie down, would humble itself before the person wearing this clothing. And so, when Esau wanted to capture the Ishsad, he just put on this clothing and he touched Ishsad, Ishsad suddenly became bottled to him. He's a medish. It was Ishyadei outside Ishsad. What does this mean? The Nachash is the original Yetzahara. What does the Yetzahara do? How does he capture us? The Yitzhara wants us to see our picture on him. The Yitzhara doesn't tell somebody to sin. He doesn't tell somebody to do something. He's not going to come to a boy and say, go drive a car on Shabbos. He knows he can convince you the Yitzhara to that. But he'll tell you something else. He'll say, go speak Lashon Hara. Or go see something that you shouldn't see. I, I could show you you're part of that. That's not so distant from you. And a person imagines himself says, oh, I see my picture on there. I belong there. And it doesn't seem so distant from us. But that's deception. Do you know where our picture really is? Yosef Atzadik, you know, he had the great Messiah. How was he saved from that great Messiah? Who knows? What happened? What did Chazal tell us? Ro, the mus, the yuknoi, shel oviv. He saw the image of his father in the window. That's what saved him from sin. What, what was he afraid of? My father sees me? I think Yerusha Vatsadi didn't know Hashem sees him. That's what stopped him. What happened was, he saw his father's image, and he said, that's me. I belong to that. The Yetzirah is trying to tell me I belong to Asians, but if I don't, I belong to somewhere else. And that was the Messiah. He was an Erev Asaretz for so long that he stopped thinking of himself, I'm part of this society. And then he realized, you know what it says in the Tver Shleib, it's an unbelievable thing. What do you mean, Tmuz Diyukneh Shalavim? Where is the picture of Yaakov Avinu? Who knows where it's engraved? Tzurosoy Shal Yaakov is Chakuka on the Kisei Akavoy. 
But it says much more than that, the Swaram Akadoshim tell us. When we say that Surah of Yankiv is on the Kisa Akovid, Yankiv really means in every generation, all of Klal Yisrael put together, that's the Surah of Yankiv. <coughs> the Tver Shloyma says, Akadosh Baruch Hu brought down the Kisa Akovid, and Yosef Atzadik saw the Surah of his father on the Kisa Akovid, not just the Surah of his father. He saw himself on the Kisei Because seeing Yankov is seeing yourself. The Yitzhara wants you to think that your picture is on his skin. But your picture is really on the Kisei HaKovit. And HaKadosh was ready to bring down a Shas Nesoyim, the Kisei HaKovit itself, so you should be able to see that's where you are. That is the battle. This entire Nisoyen, this world of technology, you know what it's trying to tell you? That your picture's not on the Kisei HaKovet, so it makes no difference what you do for Hashem. When in reality, the whole world is standing on you. <coughs> look over here, don't look there. This is where you are, this is who you are. And you make a difference. And each time, one is misgaber. And each time one lifts himself up, or each time one controls his eyes or his ears from seeing or hearing what a yid shouldn't see or hear. You know what happens? There are tzaddik hakoyin writes in his sefer. And listen carefully. It says, any time a person has an asoyin, he has a test. He's tested, let's say, to look at something that he shouldn't be looking at. If he overcomes that, he lifts up every person in the world since the world was created who was nichshal in this hate. He's massacring them all. There may have been millions of people who had this Nesoyen and fell. And they need us at the end of days before Mashiach comes to purify the world. So we were given this mission to purify the world. And each time we are misgaber. We lift up everything that ever happened. <coughs> Do you ever think of that, that Hashem, that the Torah needs me, Klal Yisrael needs me, who thinks of that? You go back to Yeshiva, why? I need to learn Torah. I need to get... I need to get Yerushalayim. I need to be Yeshiva. I need, I need Torah. Does anybody ever come to Yeshiva when they think the Torah needs me? That without my learning of the Torah, Klal Yisrael can't exist, Mashiach can't come, I am the one, we are the generation that has to bring Mashiach. Do we ever think of that? If we don't, it's because the Yitzhah is telling us that it's not so. That's what Amalek does to us. You all know the marshal, that Amalek Ashekor Chabaderech, you all know the marshal of Chazal, was like an Ambatir Esachas, a boiling cauldron, a boiling hot bath, and Amalek jumped in, and he cooled it off. Ashekar Chabaderech. I remember I was a child, maybe in fourth grade. And I remember asking my Rebbe, I don't understand. Why did the cauldron become cool, cooled off? Because he jumped in, it doesn't cool it off. He said, it does cool it off. I said, Rebbe, it doesn't. Why should it get cold? He got angry. I'm telling you to cool off. Stop asking. You don't ask anymore. Rebbe's getting annoyed. I'm not going to ask the question again. I never got the answer. Today I think the answer is, it doesn't really get cooled off. 
But by Amalek going in there, he convinces us that it's cooled off. And he makes us believe that. <coughs> Inside of every single boy, of every single yid, there's a boiling cauldron, an ambati sachas was kocht and brent van the boiner shalohimam. And Amalek wants to tell you it's not so. It's cold. It's disinterested. It's not you. Nobody needs you. That's why Homon was trying to destroy Kleistro. How did he try to destroy? You know, that the Haley Esther Amalko had to save the whole world. She said, but the Chazal say, Melech means the Rabbi Nishaloyim. And Eli the Kresi, Hashem doesn't need me. Kasher Ovadati, Ovadati. And she had to lift herself up from that, but Tilvash Estamach say, No! I'm needed because she realized she's needed. She was able to save the world. Sometimes, unfortunately, you need a homom to teach us how much we're needed. From my mother, Leah Sholem. She was a little girl during the war. 11 years old, she had a bunch of younger brothers and sisters. She used to be up at night looking at them sleeping in their cribs and thinking, what must be the value of a Jewish child if these soldiers, these German soldiers, are ready to march a thousand miles just to kill these babies? What value they must have? Sometimes you need a hummum to tell us Hashem needs me. Or sort of a Purim de Gerishetavis. Hummum de Gerishetavis, Hashem needs me. We shouldn't have to come on to Haman for that. Today, we need to know, every boy needs to know that Hashem needs him, needs his avoider, and he makes a difference. And Hashem gave us these nisyoinus not to destroy us, but to give us the ability to be great. It's a crazy world today. It's a crazy world out there. And it's all about one thing, to convince Yiddish kinder that they're not so hot. They're not the Ambatir Sachas. They're not full of fire for the Rabbeinu Shaloyim. That's what Amalek tries to do to us. Tries to tell us we're something else. Tries to tell us that we really want these things. Rapinchas Karatzer one saw some of his Talmudin, they were sitting and they were talking and, and he asked, what are you talking about? He says, we're sitting and talking about how do we control the Yetzirah who's chasing after us. <laughs> You're not up to the level of the Yetzirah chasing after you. You're still chasing after the Yetzirah. He said, what does it mean? Oh, it's a beautiful word, shout. Where a person thinks that the Yetzirah is what he wants, so he's chasing after the Yetzirah. But a person realizes that he doesn't want what the Yetzirah wants. He wants something else. He has a Neshama. Then he understands the Yetzirah is chasing after him. We are Yidin. We stood at Sinai. Our hearts are on fire. We want something else, whether you know it or not. You want to save the world. You're not afraid. You're a fearless people. You stood at Har Sinai, unlike any other people in the world. <coughs> the Yetzirah wants to tell you you're somebody else. Wants to tell you you don't make a difference. 
who wants to tell you that when you come every day and you daven, although you may, your mind may be in 20 different places, you may be struggling, and Afal Pikein, I say, no, I have to daven now, or I have to learn now. And sometimes we'll fall, we'll have Yeridus, and we mechazek ourselves. But there's never been such a world like this. There's never been someone giving HaKadosh Baruch Hu so much nachas. I want to tell you something. You all know when Mashiach's going to come. Mashiach's going to come. It's going to be unbelievable. We're going to see Reb Shimba Yechoi. We'll see Yerba Yalav. We'll see Reb Kiveg. We'll see the Chabzai. We're going to be pushing to see them. That's not what's going to be happening. They're going to be pushing to see an Erlach HaBacher from Tav Pei Gimel. Because he's accomplished something that no one else ever accomplished. They're going to be pushing to see a boy who fought for the Kedusha, for Torah Mitzvahs, who overcame his Yetzar. And I want to tell you something else. Who else are they going to be pushing to see? They're going to be pushing and fighting to see that boy who already had Mechshelem, who maybe already saw things that he should never have seen, and is having difficulties, and is feeling, I don't really belong to the Kedusha HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who's really feeling despair, thinks I'm a nothing. And Afal Pikain, he lifted himself up like Esther Amalke, Batilbach Esther Malchus, and said, I am not going to look at what happened. And I, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, still needs me. It's not Kasher of Adati of Adati. And that I can give him something no one else ever gave him. Oh yeah, they're going to be pushing to see that. We are the generation of Yosef HaTzadik. We live in Erebus Saoretz. The whole world today is one big Mitzrayim. We have to see our picture on the Kisei HaKovit. And then we won't be drawn to all of these, this nonsense. <coughs> because as much as great, as, as interesting it may seem, as intriguing as it may seem, and that's not me talking to the wrong person. My heart and soul is in the Gemara, is in Hashem, is in the Tefillah, is in Avodah Hashem. Tire the your precious bocher. I'm going to give you all a bracha, you should all grow. You should go mechoyel al choyel. HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs you. Kalal Yisrael needs you. You are what we have. You are the generation who has to bring Mashiach. And you can if you believe that you're able to. If you believe that's who you really are. If you're not going to let the Yetzirah tell you something else. If you're not going to let, you, let the Yetzirah convince you that you're just a cold water inside. If we'll overcome that, we will save all that there ever was from Sinai until today who's depending on us, pleading with us, lift us all up in this final push towards the Gula Shalema. Kach Baruch should give you all the strength, the Siyat HaDashmaya, the Simcha Sachayim, the Gishmak in learning, the, the, the courage and the optimism that you need that I'm going to make it, that I can, and that I can be. Kach Baruch should give us all the koichas hanefesh to live according to our heiliger etzoynes. And we'll be zoichet soon b'karel to be kabel playing Mashiach tzedkenu. And we'll be zoichet to binyan beis habigdash and heiliger yomenu amen.